from the belt to the plate. A swing and a miss. And that's the winner. That's the winner. A World Series winner for the Cardinals. Smith parks one in the right down the line. It may Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. It's a home run. And the Cardinals have won the game by the score. A three to two and a home run by the Wizard. Go crazy. Swing a long one into left field. Adios, goodbye, and maybe that's a winner. A three-run homer by Clark. And there's no lead by the score at seven to five, and they may go to the World Series on that one, folks. One a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. Welcome to That's Winter Podcast. I am Ryan Jenkins, and with me is Josh Brown. As always, Josh, uh, your trade deadline has come and gone. The Cardinals have won the first game after that. Let's. Uh, this could be more of a therapy session for some. Um, could be more of a, an excitement for the future. <laughs> Let's uh, break it down and talk about where you sit right now as of, you know, the trade deadline is gone and, and there is no Soto in the dugout. What do you think? There's no Soto, but we've got Dylan Carlson. Am I right? How about a performance for him deal. tonight? Let's just, let's, let's just start off with that because, you know, I, I joked earlier when we were texting that, you know, we could have done a podcast um, before the game tonight and had everyone see me go through the five stages of grief. And I've gone through that now. The final stage is acceptance, right? So maybe we just have to accept that, that Dylan Carlson is going to have – he's going to be the next Juan Soto. Why not? Well, I don't know if he's going to be the one next Juan Soto because they're about the same age. So he's a little behind schedule if that is the case. I think he's a couple days older, isn't he? Well, even there. So, well, you know, I think we can break that down if you want to go straight into the Juan Soto stuff. So um, I think Juan Soto, I think what it told us is the Cardinals were committed to Dylan Carlson for a couple reasons. I think that they decided to move on from Harrison Bader at some point. And they decided that they weren't willing to give up Carlson because he was going to be the center fielder and they didn't really have another option. If, if, if Bader is either injured and not coming back anytime soon or they got, they traded him now with the trade, there is a, um, a player to be named later in the event that he does not come back this season from his injury, which I think tells you a lot right there that, uh, he may not have returned this season because of that injury. And I think a lot of people were talking about it a lot more, that it was no big deal, and I plantar fasciitis is obviously what a big thing that uh, Pools had that it really yeah. derailed part of his seasons. So I think it's a lot bigger deal than people are making it out to be, and I think this shows the Cardinals were moving on from Harrison Bader because of injuries, and that they were ready for Dylan Carlson. Dylan Carlson made made Harrison Bader Harrison Bader expendable. How well he played in those times that Harrison was uh, injured. Dylan Carlson's batting average went up. His uh, on-base percentage was up, and then he was playing just as good at the defense as Harrison Bader. And they thought, you know what? You know, with the age, this is our this is the way we're going. Yeah, I think – I mean, his play, for sure, like you said, especially when he came back in June, which was around the time that Bader got hurt. Um, the bats started coming together. He struggled a little bit in July. It, it really wasn't his best July. I think he hit around – I think he hit around 200 maybe. Um, only like nine RBIs or so, 
But hey, I mean, he responded tonight, man. And, and Danny Mac's call, I thought he had a great call uh, of the home run. And he even said, and I don't know if he was just kind of saying it in the moment or if that was actually true, but he said, you know, the front office told him, like, you're not going anywhere. And tonight he hits a home run and makes a diving catch. And it was a great call. But if that's really what Mozeliak and, uh, you know, the front office did, I mean, I think the hope, I think the hope for us as Cardinals fans has to be that his confidence is high because of that, that they have faith, that much faith in him, um, that they value him that highly. They see him as the future of this team. They clearly see him as a center fielder tonight. I was watching some of the post game just a second ago. Jim, Jim Hayes was um, talking with, with Dylan and saying, you know, you seem like you're having a little more fun playing center field than right. And he said, I, I am. He said, you know, I, that's where I played in the minors with center field. I love it out there. So I sent you earlier. I mean, he, he hasn't struggled out there at all. He's actually got – has more defensive runs saved for than Bader this year in 2022. Bader actually had negative two uh, defensive runs saved, which very well could have been because of his plantar fasciitis, which we now know he's been dealing with since spring. So the fact that Bader even had 15 stolen bases and was still, you know, making some pretty good catches with that going on. And, yeah, that, that wrinkle in the trade, that they're willing to send another player to be named later if he doesn't play the rest of the year, I think that tells you exactly where the Cardinals are at. They, they expect this to be a long-term issue with him, and if that's the case, then I have no problem with the trade, uh, especially in the fact that you get M Montgomery for another year, right? I mean, you get him the same amount of time as you would have had Bader. This year and next year was the, that two-year extension that we have for Bader. So if they think this is a long-term issue for him, I think it's a pretty good trade. Montgomery, I mean, he's a guy that I didn't know much about, but he's had a pretty good season for the Yankees. I know a lot of – I saw a lot of writers and some of their fan base actually not too happy that they made that trade today. Yeah, I was thinking about that as well. Um, Eno Saris, uh, one of the – who does he work for? The Athletic. Um, he was talking about that that trade specifically and how a lot of people were pretty dumbfounded that he was traded. Uh, Montgomery wasn't very happy about it either in his, in his presser. Um, he was just you know a little sad, I guess, more than anything else. Um, but – what I found interesting from Eno Saris, let's see, where can if I can read it real quick. Um, um, Montgomery for Bader is wild. Monty is fine. Talking about uh, Montes that they that they got fine number three four on the team that just traded away all their starting pitch and depth. Now that Clark Schmidt and pray for health. Bader improves their center field depth and D, but scouts told us for tier projects he didn't have a bat to play every single day. That's what I took about it. So. He's talking about sending him to the Yankees, which obviously they also made other trades, but they don't expect him to play every single day. He doesn't have, have a major league bat to play every single day, and the Cardinals have been sending him out when healthy every single day. Did that did that shock you that, according to scouts, that this was he's not an everyday player? Yeah, I mean, well, and, and Eno said too in that thread later that he said, you know, maybe, maybe essentially maybe the Yankees – um, you know, look back at, at Bader hitting the ball harder in 2019 and 2020, and maybe he'll be better than the bat with, with the bat then. But I mean, it's interesting, right? I mean, is it is it a depth play for them? Is it because Aaron Judge uh, is no slouch in center field? He's actually a really good center fielder, and he doesn't have the speed that Harrison Bader has, but um, but he's always been a plus center fielder if you go look at his stats, which is surprising for how big of a guy he is and a power hitter. Um, but I wonder if this is just also maybe a depth thing in case Judge does walk. I mean, they're going to need a center fielder, right? Maybe a guy that can be a plus defensive center fielder. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it was, 
it was just an odd deadline. I think, I think, and we talked about this, it was kind of the perfect storm with us not getting Soto because I think if Tyler O'Neill was healthy and he was hitting like he did last year, if Bader didn't have, you know, this plantar fasciitis issue going on, um, I think it, it's more likely that that trade is a possibility to happen, especially if they see O'Neill as like, wow, this is the second year in a row that he's tearing it up, you know, 40 home run potential. He's out there every day. He's going to win another gold glove, but it hadn't been the case this year. And then you add Bader on top of that. It just, it just made no sense. I think in the long run, probably to give up Carlson, but for me, it's just going to be interesting. What are they going to do now? Because I mean, new bar had a great game tonight, three hits. He was on base four times. He's, he's responded well the last week or two and maybe, maybe getting every day at bats will bode well for him. I'm still, I'm still out on Dickerson. Um, he showed up a little more in the last week. He had a good weekend. He's actually batted 300 in the month of July. Um, yeah, he, so he's, he's had a better last few weeks for sure. He's, he's definitely played a lot better. But I'll go back to briefly to the Yankees. They also got Ben Attendee as well. So you got to think right. about Ben Attendee, Bader. They they got two yep. outfielders, re- you know, ready to go. So I thought that was a strange strange trade. But I wanted to get more onto the. Um, Soto and your feelings about, but I think if you if we take out Soto, which is hard to do, you know now where we sit and what we what we learned and talked about. But if you're talking about in May or June, which we didn't even sniff that Soto was a possibility to the Cardinals, and I told you that the Cardinals made a few moves and got three new players out of it, I think that most Cardinals fans would say this this is a pretty good trade deadline. Yeah, someone was asking earlier, you know, how would you grade? They had like a grading poll for the deadline. Um, and I said, I mean, I'd give this like a B minus or a C plus. And, and ma- mainly because of the thought of Juan Soto, right? It's like it's like being told you're going to Disney World and then your parents pull up to Chuck E. Cheese. I mean, it, it, like I said that to, to a buddy earlier today. He's like, dude, just shut up. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, it kind of feels that way, right? I mean, now I will say – these two pitching, these two pitching trades and moves that Mo made this year, way better than what he did trade deadline last year. I think right. all of us would be able to agree with that. One, but two, it's not very hard to beat what he did last trade deadline, right? Like, and we yeah, we, and they worked though last year too, but it, it, it did. It worked. I don't think anybody, including him, expected it to work like it did. That but well, it did. right? So, yeah, and I told you last night, like Quintana trade had no problem with it. They traded from their depth. Um, with an, you know, with I believe it was an infielder, right? Nunez plays a couple positions in the infield. They traded from depth there, even though he's had a pretty good season in the minors. Look, Johan Oviedo, Andre Pallante is already, I mean, better than what we I think we were going to get out of Johan Oviedo. I think he was stuck in the bullpen. He was not working out as a starter. Not his fault. You know, he got thrown into it in the COVID season because they needed innings. Uh, but it just didn't work out. So I had no problem with that trade. Um, I hate that it's just for a two-month rental on Quintana, uh, but let's hope let's hope he's good the rest of the way. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, the Cubs gave up big prospects to get him several years ago from the, from the White Sox, and he was not good for them at all. Uh, maybe he figured something out this year. Maybe he changed something. I haven't watched a lot of him. Probably most of us haven't because he's been on the Pirates. But I know he's a pitch, pitch to contact guy, ground ball guy. 
And that was what was interesting to me um, with this, and, and I believe Katie Wu said it too. And she had mentioned, or maybe it was Gould. I think it was an article I read of Gould was talking about that the Cardinals were looking for a swing and miss guy. Yeah. Ne- neither of these guys are that at all. Not high strikeout rates at all. Uh, pitch to contact guys, ground ball guys, even Stratton, who we saw make his Cardinals debut in the, in the ninth. He did pretty well. Uh, you know, 45, I think, percent ground ball guy. Had a high ERA this year, but Brad Thompson pointed out, you know, his his balls in play was a little unlucky. And his FIP showed that maybe, you know, his ERA shouldn't be that high, um, which is what they did when they went and got TJ McFarlane last year, right? So they didn't get that high strikeout guy. Obviously, like, Syndergaard, um, Carlos Rodon, obviously, for sure, would have been like that high strikeout guy. But, I mean – after they didn't overpay for Juan Soto, it, it would have drove me nuts if we overpaid for Carlos Rodon or Noah Syndergaard. I don't know how you feel about that, but I wouldn't have loved that. If if we were going to go all in for Soto, why would we do it for Rodon, for example, a guy who we could have just signed this offseason? It just depends on the on the actual overpay, the level of it. Uh, you know, about the top five prospects, then no. You know, if we're talking about any of the any of the names that were being floated around for Juan Soto, then no, absolutely not. Especially for Rodon is a, uh, you know, a few month rental. And then the assumption is he's going to opt out of his contract. Uh, so they, they can, so he can go get a better contract, a bigger contract. So the assumption is that's not going to happen. Uh, we got a comment from Travis Swindle. I'm happy for the Cardinals that got Jose Quintana and Chris Stratton and Jordan Montgomery for the Pirates. Uh, and Yankees and traded Bader to the Yankees. He's happy. He thinks it's it's you know he's it's good with it. And I think um, I think that's the way to look at it is what we have, what what actually came through. I think it's a it was I gave uh, I give it a B rating whenever you know that's one of the polls. I said it was, I think it was a B. Um, and I think that's probably downgraded because of the Soto conversation. But I don't but I don't think that it should be because that was never going to happen. Look, I gave up the opportunity for anyone that retweeted us to give a free jersey away if it happened, because that's how confident I was that it wasn't going to happen. You know, to offer up a, a jersey, I knew, look, the odds of this is happening is pretty, pretty low, and I'll put it out there. And I was confident that would never happen, because the Cardinals just don't swim in this pool. This is not where they, where they in season, this is not what they do. Now, in off season, this is more of what they do with someone with some control and then be able to get then get them to sign later. That's more of what they do. Uh, in season, uh, this type of deal, it goes back to what? A Matt Holiday trade um, is the last big one. Um, maybe you can even say Lackey kind of, but um, and Lackey was pretty good for Boston in the year that they, they made that trade in 2014, 2015, one of those two. Yeah. But, but you know, it's been almost 10 years since a, this, a, a big trade was made at the trade deadline for the Cardinals. So, I didn't expect it one, one bit. I never thought it was I didn't even realm of possibilities. Even whenever we got down to three teams, I, I heard or read today that the Cardinals were third. They weren't even second. Um, after at some point that they, they told them that, yeah, you know, we weren't willing to go to this, this level, and they had moved on um, this afternoon. So, uh, you know, I wasn't shocked at all. I didn't think that it – I never thought it was a, a big possibility. But, you know – it's like, where do you go from here? I think the Cardinals improved at the trade deadline. I think they got to things that they needed to get done. And overall, the there's now a little more room to get some more bats and maybe even some more guys to get called up, like uh, Alec Burleson, um, stuff like that. So, you know, it's it's I think they're in better shape than they were 
you know, three days ago. And I think that's the ultimate goal of at the trade deadline is to not be sellers and to be buyers because you're you're trying to buy for something, right? And the Cardinals are still in, in that realm. Yeah, I mean, you know, you come out of this trade deadline, and, and like you said, we don't typically do this. Uh, obviously, Moselak does not react well to being told kind of an ultimatum of, you know, it's this or it's not happening. You know, they're definitely an off-season trade uh, run team. You know, even Arnado. I mean, we were mentioned to being in on him a year, two years before that happened. I mean, right before the COVID season, that started heating up. And he just waited it out and waited for the right deal. Uh, and look, credit Mo. I mean, the offseason moves he's made with Goldschmidt and Arenado, clear winners. I mean, we clearly won those trades by a mile. Uh, and maybe that's part of it. You know, maybe that's part of a deadline deal like this. I think what makes this so hard is, and, and, I, and you and I have talked about this, you know, just texting and stuff. Um, what makes this hard for me with this one is we're never, like, mentioned as heavily as we are, as we were in this deadline, right? As being a team like we were at the table. You don't have, you don't have shots of Moselak in Rizzo's suite last weekend with the Nationals and hearing that much, that many national reporters saying like, yeah, the Cardinals are, are like in this. We never have that. Even last year when DeYoung and Sosa weren't great and we needed Trevor Story, no whiff, no word at all that we ran on Trevor Story, which nobody was because the Rockies were stupid and they didn't trade him. But I guess what's tough for me with this one is we were actually mentioned as being in it. And what was different for this for me with Stanton is Stanton got to choose, right? So that wasn't, that wasn't our fault. That wasn't Moselak's fault at the end of the day. They, they got the deal done. They got a deal that the Marlins were wanted and were ready to accept. And Stanton said no. Okay, you know, not our fault, not not Moselak's fault, not DeWitt's fault. This one, though, it's like, man, it seemed like it could have happened. Now, we don't know, and I think it's unfair to say, we just chose Carlson over Soto. I think I even, I think I even texted that to you, right, when some of that news came out. But look, I mean, odds are they wanted Carlson, Walker, and Gorman. And I think, even I think all three of those guys, that might have been my puke point. Especially, especially if Soto walks in two years, you know, two and a half years, that that would have been tough. So, yeah, they address the pitching needs. Uh, you keep top prospects, and look, man, if if we weren't going to trade for Juan Soto, they're never going to trade top prospects, right? For, for any this other is, player, this is the only opportunity there that you could see it happening. But it's not the yes. Cardinal mo. I mean, no. What, what you see is what usually happens is they have some high dollar guys. And then they have some controlled guys with controlled money that they know about what what they're going to be paid so they can have. And that's why the Cardinals have been able to sustain what they've been over the last 20 plus years is a pretty good team because they have the high leverage guys with the big contracts and the low guys that are making league minimums and, you know, arbitration monies as, as they go up and improve. I mean, that's what I mean. If you look at this team, there's a, a lot of young, young guys, even though there's obviously some dudes that are making a lot of money. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's all over the place. But so, I mean, if you look at that, at that deal and I, and I do think that it's, they were wanting Gorman, uh, Carlson and Walker and Walker tonight made his first career start out in the outfield. So I, I think at some point the Cardinals said, look, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to trade Bader and we're now going to move Walker to the outfield. He's going to be our, our future right fielder. You can have Carlson in center. You can have Walker in right. And that's where we're probably going to end up. And, and, 
they are preparing for that already, which would tell you that the timeline for Walker is probably sooner uh, than anticipated over the last couple of years, I would guess. And, and I think that Gorman, they think about Gorman, Gorman's going to probably hit 30 home runs next year. You know, that's what he projects to do. And I think that's a big part of it. If you can be able to keep that guy in your lineup and be able to hit 30 home runs. I mean, I think he's at 11 already, you know, this year after, you know, he didn't get called up until June-ish, I think, or May, you know, late May or whatever it was. But, you know, he has 11 home runs and that's, that's where you got to expect him to hit 30 home runs. And then Walker should be a 30 home run guy too. And, and Arenado then still be on his contract and then Goldie's going to be at the end of his. So that's where you should be able to see your next gap. But I think if you're adding Soto, you're still not a World Series team. And without adding Soto, you're still not a World Series team. So I think they decided to really punt and not really go for it because it really would not have changed the really trajectory of this team. And maybe if it did, it would go for the bad way. I tweeted out through our, through our Twitter handle that I think that this this trade deadline could ultimately be the undoing of Mo in ending his tenure with the Cardinals. And someone said, well, the trade deadline's not even over. You don't even know if they're going to actually get Soto. And I said, that doesn't matter. Even if they did, it could have been the end of Mo because of what he gave up to be able to, make, to get Soto and then realizing years later how big of a mistake that was. The same he said for not doing it and seeing the Padres win a World Series. Do you think that gets under the DeWitt's skin if they, the Padres and Mike Schilt win a World Series? Oh, it's got to. I mean, here, here's the thing with me with Soto. <clears throat> Who's to say that we still couldn't have gotten Jordan Montgomery in the same exact trade if we got Soto? Because at the end of the day, if you, if you, if you feel that Bader is going to have that problem for the rest of his career, you can still make that trade. You can still have Jordan Walker, who, by the way, played left field tonight. So they're clearly – that's his path now is either a corner outfield or DH you still could have had that moving forward and you could have had Tyler O'Neill center. You could have had Newt Barr or Dickerson or Donovan or Yepes when he comes back in left field and you could call up Alec Burroughs or, or sorry, in this case, I'm saying if we had gotten Soto, you'd have Soto and right. But my point being with that is you'd still have the same timeline if you still had Walker. But that's that. That was very likely, and it was not going to happen, which is why we probably didn't get Soto to begin with. Because they, again, they wanted they they but they had to have wanted all three. If they only wanted, you know, Carlson and Gorman, or Carlson and Walker, or even Gorman and Walker. But I think if it was if it's just Gorman and Walker, and they that's what they wanted with you know along with Wynn or whoever else, and Carlson was out of it, then maybe that gets done if they really didn't want to give up Carlson to begin with. But it was clearly like. Carlson and either all three or, you know, Carlson and Walker, and they just didn't want to do that. So I think the tough thing with me is like, we're, we can speculate all day. We're never going to know, but I, I mean, I don't want to speak for all of Cardinal nation, but I'm, I'm getting tired of quotes like this today from John Moselak after the trade deadline quote, getting to the postseason and getting the opportunity to get to the world series. I don't think anybody is going to claim they built a world series club today, but if we get hot, we can play with anybody, and hopefully we get hot. And that's what we've hoped for since 2011, man, is hopefully we get hot. And, look, I get it. Like, get in. That's what matters. And it does. Like, of course, we want to be in the playoffs no matter how you get there. Arnato even said that, you know, prefaced that with his comments about not wanting to be a wild card team. Like, yeah, at the end of the day, you want to get in. But we, I want to win the division. 
And I told you that, I mean, I know, I know you're, we're on opposite ends of the spectrum of this. You think there's like no chance at all that he opts out mainly because of the money. I think he, he could get the money that, that he wants on the market, but I'm telling you, I, I don't last year was not a thought at all that Arnauto would opt out. And I think it was because he got that first taste of St. Louis. They had the big winning streak, you know, they're riding high. Like he was like, I'm going to be here. I think if there's ever a time that he might actually opt out, it, 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 it's right now. And I say that mainly because like seeing another big player go to the West and look, I mean, you know, Bernie Mickles, I don't know if, uh, those who are watching ever reads any of his columns. He writes great columns at Scoops with Danny Mac. Bernie's awesome. If you want to read his stuff, he had a great article today. And one of the points he said on it of speaking of Arenado is like, he said, look, if the Cardinals don't add more juice to the roster for the 2020 stretch run, I wonder if Arenado would be more inclined to opt out. The Dodgers made a push, but didn't acquire Soto, which means they'll have more room to accommodate a hefty contract to bring in a great third, third baseman who happened to grow up in the L.A. area, unless he decides to stay in, S- in STL and compete for wild card spots. I love Bernie because he's got a lot of sarcasm in his column. But, look, he makes a great point, man. And you can say whatever you want. Justin Turner just went on the I.L. Father Time's finally caught up with him this year. He's not been good. The Dodgers are going to need a third baseman next year. And I've never been more worried about Arenado opting out than right now. Well, I, I mean, last year I thought it was more likely likely because the Cardinals weren't very good. And the only reason they made the playoffs was a 17 game win streak. Yeah. And whenever they, whenever they clinched is when he went to Mo and said, I'm staying. Well, what happens if they didn't make that 17 game win streak and, and they yeah. didn't, and they didn't, um, you know, play very well and they didn't make playoffs. Um, we got another comment. Let's see what we got. Um, pull it up. There we go. Mo needs to be fired. He only wants to get the wild card. He doesn't care about winning the division. Now, I don't think that's completely like that he wants to win the division. I think that he, I think that he does. Whenever we had the Q and A with, uh, with John Mozeliak, um, for blogger day, podcaster day thing, he was more candid than I felt like I've ever heard him speak. And I felt like he was either comfortable or like he's, he doesn't care. Like, it's like, I've been doing this for so long. You guys can question me all you want and I'm going to, and I'm going to be just fine. But like I said, I think that he has the ability to undo his his ways this week it's been 11 years since the cardinals have won a world series which to some that's not a very long time to people that grew up watching in the 2000s that is a long time now because the cardinals went to the world series you know everyone knows 04 06 and 11 and 13 four you know four times and they haven't been back which is like what nine years right tell me what you're going Oh, he's fine. He's fine. You know, it's been nine years. He's fine. You can't tell me the dudes are saying that. At some point, they're going to expect results. Um, and and right now, those results aren't happening. And I think uh, Mosellock made the decisions today based on on his knowing that he has to get it right. And he feels playing the long game is a better chance of winning the World Series than burning all of his prospects and the money that goes along with it. Because he knows the Wits aren't giving him a blank check. He knows that part. So he knows he has to have the lower-level guys with the lower-level money to offset the guys with the big money. And he's a, he knows that, and he knows he needs someone to come up and, and, and save the day as well. And I think he's banking that's going to be Walker. And I think he's banking that Gorman's going to hit 30-plus home runs. And I think he's now banking that D.C. is 
the future and the current, and he's going to all of a sudden, you know, be better than he ever has been before. And he currently has. Um, so I don't know if you want to comment on, on this guy's on uh, Jimmy's uh, comment, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, it, it's easy to get emotional and, you know, fired up about this after today. I mean, it, it's like the, every trade deadline for me. I, I think, I, I think I'd never heard more from Mo being fired last year than any other year. Cause Absolutely. it was just, they did nothing, right. Yeah. They did nothing. I mean, you, you can say, well, he, See, he was genius. Lester and Hap turned out great. No, like he was even saying at the time, this is a stopgap. We need innings. Like, but look, I've, I mean, I would even play devil's advocate with this and say, how do we know? How do we not know for sure that DeWitt's handicapping him? How do we Absolutely. not know for sure that, how do we not know for sure that Mo was like, I think we should do this trade? And DeWitt was like, no, it's not, we're not, it's not happening. We're not giving up all those guys. I'm not paying Juan Soto $500 million. We're not doing this. I could very easily see that being the case as well, because Mo also told us at Blogger Day, you know, I don't, I don't um, view prospects and you know as as untouchable anymore. You know, if Mike Trout became available tomorrow, you probably would play Trey X for him or, or trade uh, player X for him. Why wouldn't you do that for Juan Soto? Well, now, I was gonna, I was going to yeah. ask. Do you think that Mike Trout is is less attainable, more you know, less I don't know, higher on the Mount Rushmore of gets than Juan Soto? I think that's a tough question because you have right, the contract right that now. goes with Trout and age. Yeah. Right? And then you have Juan yeah. Soto, his, his age, and no contract of cost. So you would, obviously, you would have Trout for a lot longer because of the contract, but you're going to also be spending a lot of money to have him every year. I, I right. think I think if they're not willing to spend, to do that for Soto, then I think that it's obvious he would never do that for trout either right right well and 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 his answer was you probably would trade player x you know for mike trout but you probably wouldn't trade player x y z a b c d like the the nationals were wanting for soto uh and i get it i mean i get that and so yeah i mean they're banking on these prospects man they're banking on them and now we as fr- as fans have to hope that they're right i mean i i heard somebody joke today like I can't wait for Jordan Walker to turn out to be Randall Grichik and and you know Nolan Gorman to be Dan Uglin. I think the Grichik comp on Jordan Walker is goofy. That's not going to be the case. But the Dan Uglin comp on Nolan Gorman, like it's not as far off as you would think. I mean, Uglin was a guy who averaged. Let's see here. He averaged 28 home runs, 85 RBIs a year, and a 241 batting average. Would you be happy with that with Nolan Gorman? Uh, I mean, I think that's about what you expect. I mean, I think anyone that's hitting yeah. 30 and 100, 30 home runs and 100 RBI, um, you would hope for a higher batting average. I mean, but I think 30 and 100 is like, yeah, that's the type of guys we want in our lineup. You want odd most, base percentage. It depends on on base percentage. Obviously, too, there's obviously analytic different numbers that go into all that, but uh, different metrics right. But besides batting average. But I would think that's about what I would hope that Nolan Gorman is, yes. Yeah, I mean... You go back and look at Ugla's seasons, uh, you know, especially the, those early ones with the Marlins. Most seasons he was like 30. Or, so t- 2007 to 2011, he was 31, 32, 31, 33, 36 homers, and somewhere between 88 as a low RBI season for him and 105 as a high RBI season. And most seasons he was around the 500 slugging. OPS was over eight, you know, 870. 
I mean, that, is that is that superstar? Sorry, <laughs> I heard my uh, dog in the background. Is, is that, that superstar? superstar? Like, no, that's is not that superstar. superstar but I think if he did that that's for solid. ten years in a in a Cardinals uniform, you're very happy with that. And he's in, and he's yes. probably if you add a World Series in that, he's in. He's probably gonna be wearing a red jacket, right? You do that yeah. for a considerable amount of time. I mean, you think about that for you know, it's obviously easy to say he does that for ten years, but that is you know three to four hundred home runs as a St. Louis Cardinal. Yeah. That's that is a Cardinal great at that point, right? I mean, he would yeah. be he would but you know, what's his on base percentage and those types of things goes into that conversation as well. But I think that most people would be happy if that's who Nolan Gorman I would take that to be. Yeah, absolutely. Especially as a second baseman, as I told you, the power at second base and especially in the national league, it's not very good. I mean it hasn't been well, very when good Nolan for, when for Nolan opts years. out when Nolan Arnoto opts out, then Gorman can just go back to his original position and play third, right? See, I don't know. I don't know if those numbers as a third baseman I would love as well. <laughs> yeah. as a second baseman. So, I mean, uh, putting those putting those in with Arnoto with Goldschmidt for right. the next three four three four five years, you and I were talking like, hey, you know, what if in another year or two, uh, Goldschmidt's still hitting this well and they want to extend him another three years? I wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't right. want to think- give him Matt Carpenter extension money, but I wouldn't hate them extending him. But I think that's what Mo is playing the odds. He thinks that Nolan Gorman is a 30 home run guy. Just, you know, he's a Dan Ugla. And I think that comp is fair and fine. And I think that he sees that next year, that's who Nolan Gorman is. I think the Soto trade would have improved the team this year right away, you know, right now. I, but I think where you would see, where you would worry would be later if what Gorman would have been or, you know, the Walker would have been. And that's where you're going to plug in, in in a year or two. And I think that's the big difference. Uh, let's see. Jimmy's got some more, something else to say. Let's see. I think Gorman will be good, but I think Dylan is overrated. I don't see him being a great player. His defense will, will be great, but not as bad. I would have traded him. Now, so um, someone was asking about um, comps or, or something of Gorman Carlson. You know, who, who's a better player? Or who do you think is going to be a better Cardinal? Who, I think the question was, who do you think is going to have a better career? And the 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 poll was va- vastly towards Carlson, and I thought I answered the opposite way. And I, my, my reasoning was that is I think that Gorman has a much higher ceiling. I th- think that Carlson is going to have a good career, and I think he's going to have a, a long, decent career in in the majors. But I think that Gorman has a higher ceiling because if I told you that Dylan Carlson hit thirty home runs, you'd say that's probably high, and if I told you that Gorman hit five in a season, you'd say, I can see that. I think is where kind of the, that comp, you know, that possibility is. So I think the ceiling is higher for Gorman. Uh, but Dylan Carlson, I think um, he's so young, and I think that he has, we haven't even talked about where his ceiling really, really could be. And as a center fielder, I mean, that's why Bader even got, any, got to play, is because of his defense. So if his defense is elite, and he becomes a gold glove center fielder, which he's shown this year that he can and be a gold glover, I think that he's, um, you know, that level, then um, you don't need him to do as much. But if Dylan Carlson is your worst hitter on the team, then I think that's pretty good. Here's, here's how I would look at it. I think Nolan Gorman is the highest ceiling for power among all of our prospects right now, inclu- including Jordan, Jordan Walker. That's what I think. I think Nolan Gorman is the highest, highest ceiling for power. I think Dan Uggla is probably a really good comp for him. I think that's probably like the type of player you would hope he would be. Dylan Carlson, I think his ceiling is more like a um, Carlos Beltran type. 25, 
30 home runs on the high end, probably around 25 home runs, hitting hitting around 300, OBP around 360, 370, like a guy that all around does a lot of things really well. Uh, that's a really good player. We made it to the Absolutely. World Series in, tw- in 2013 with that player. You need those players. Um, is it a superstar? No. Uh, so, th- that's, so that's how I look at those three guys. I think Gorman, highest ceiling, power-wise. Carlson, highest like ceiling is like overall player, like a, like a Carlos Beltran type. And then I would say Jordan Walker is their highest ceiling for like a superstar level. You know, Chris Bryant winning the MVP 2016. Fingers crossed that's not the only season that Jordan Walker is good, right? But that's the kind of level of player that he can be. And, and it tells you – it speaks volumes that, that they didn't want to trade him even for Juan Soto. So we need to be hoping and praying that he is the next guy. If you look back at Carlos Beltran's, I mean, he you know he's over 400 home runs in his career, but he was 20. Uh, um, I just moved over on starting in 01. He you know he was rookie in 98, but um, in 01 his home runs 24, 29, 26, 38, 15, 23, 16, 41, 33, 27, 10, 7, 22, 15, 7, 32, 24. He was kind of all over the place, up and down, um, but. He was an all-star one, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. Um, but he also hit over 40 home runs multiple times. I mean, I think. If, yeah. I don't you, think that's Carlson's ceiling, but, no. but it, I mean, you look, you look at Beltran though, his 162 game average was 27 home runs, 99 RBI a year, 20 stolen bases hitting, you know, 280, 290, 350 OVP. If we got that out of Carlson, I would, I would be ecstatic, man. Well, absolutely. But Carlson is at what? Seven home runs. Six home yeah. runs and he's had he oh. had the hamstring thing yeah. he's had some stuff what history. is his re- realistic you know home run you know to be hoping for 20 i mean is what really where we would hope to get him into um you know not obviously this year but like you know next, next year you know because if you think about that if he hits 20 and you got going that hits 30 you're gonna have arnado that hits 30 you're gonna have goldschmidt that hits 30 maybe tyler o'neill figures it out and gets back to his, his ways i mean when you're talking about that many guys doing it you know, you then you talk about shortstop. You don't even know where it's going to go from there. But right. Well, look, I'm looking right here. Yeah, 2019, right before he got called up, 2020 COVID season. 2019 between Double A AA and Triple A, 126 games. Carlson hit 26 home runs and 20 stolen bases. So I think I would I would say 25 to 28, 30 at the highest is probably his ceiling on home runs a season. But again, even the stolen bases, we haven't really gotten. To yeah. see that yet, maybe with him like leading off more, maybe but like you said, his hamstring. He's yeah, had, yeah you know, he's had a little stuff this year. Yeah, so maybe that's part of that that, that as well. All right, what else you got? I mean, you want you want to air out any more sadness or anything? I mean, no, nope, I've gone through all five stages of grief, man. I'm at acceptance now. Dylan, Dylan mean, Carlson is is Juan Soto. It's five hours and 21 minutes post trade deadline, and you've already gone through all the steps. I mean, that's a pretty good and quick rebound. Yeah, there we go. And look, hey, I I enjoyed watching Carlson step up tonight. Make he made two or three really good plays in center, had the big home run, and he was he's usually pretty even kill. He was pretty pumped in the dugout after that home run. So you know, who knows? Maybe this is a spark for him. Maybe. Uh, you know, it gives him an extra boost of confidence from the front office um, doing that. Uh, that's what we need to hope for. The last thing we want to see happen is 
you know, these guys like Carlson or Walker shouldering um, expectations that, that they don't need to be worrying about, honestly. Well, and um, Katie Wu tweeted out that Ali Marmol says Jose Quintana will start the Cardinals on Thursday. So today's Tuesday, so Wednesday. Interesting. Thursday. So Thursday. All I he'll care make... about is them. I was gonna say all I care about is them not throwing off Wainwright's schedule because I'm going to the game Sunday. So I hope he pitches Sunday. Well, yeah, I think that they said that uh, when I last night I heard that Quintana was on normal's rest. You can put him at any place you wanted in um, in the rotation because of where his rest was. So according to the MLB app, it's not obviously perfect, but tomorrow is scheduled to be Miles Michaelis. And then Thursday is scheduled to be Jose Quintana and nothing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yet. So uh, we could wrapping this up, speculate. I did see, I think it was Jeff Jones tweeted during the game that when Jordan Montgomery does get there, a roster move will have to be made for the 40 man. And it has, we, has to be a pitcher. I, he, do we think, I read Garland or um, uh, uh, who's the other one? Starts Junior? with the Ver, Verhagen. Do you think one of those two are getting the boot? Verhagen, 0% chance, I think. Contract. He's a multi-year contract. Yeah. Uh, what about Junior Fernandez? Did he get um, moved at all in recent moves today at all? I mean, I think I have that, no idea. I, think I that, thought he did. I think TJ McFarland makes sense. I think um, TJ McFarland makes sense. Um McFarlane was what people forget really fast is McFarlane was really, really good last year for the St. Louis Cardinals. And people make fun of John Mazalock for his signings and say how TJ was a terrible signing. You know, we talked about um, uh, Garcia. Was that right? Um, last year Luis, as well. Luis Garcia. Yeah, yeah. Luis Garcia and him. We, I think when we talked about who they should sign, we preferred Garcia, but TJ and Luis Garcia were amazing down the stretch for the St. Louis Cardinals. So to think that it was such a bad signing is, is really off base. And, and I think that they're, they rewarded him for being so good last year. And it also sounds like TJ McFarland is a real glue guy in the bullpen. I don't know if you saw the interview um, that Miles Michaelis did with Zach Thompson. So he, Miles was interviewing Zach Thompson and he, Zach Thompson, talked about TJ, 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 TJ does this, TJ does that. It sounds like TJ's a real leader in the bullpen, and it sounds like TJ's a real glue guy in the bullpen. So that makes me think, uh, I don't know, maybe he won't be one of those guys that gets moved because of his veteran leadership. You know, I think that's yeah. a big part of it. People don't think about either is what it can do for a clubhouse or a bullpen whenever you move guys that are well liked. And I think that's yeah. uh, what we're hoping is going wrong with the Brewers by moving Hater. But yeah, um, well, and Mo told us at Blogger Day too, right? Like, hey, you know, I can't, I can't run a team this way and just dump a guy after two months because he had a bad two months. Like, one, people we still, have to pay, yeah, yeah, people would be scared. You'd never be able to walk into the clubhouse. One and two, like, we still have to pay him two and a half million or whatever it is. So, I would rather see Verhagen go. That's probably not going to happen. Junior Fernandez is still on the forty man, even though he's. He's been sent back down to the minors uh, recently. I don't know if he's somebody they want to risk going through wa waivers or not. I have no idea. Uh, I thought that if you move someone to the 60-man IL, doesn't that open up a spot? I could yes. be wrong on that. I think, yes, um, I, think, I think it does in the 40, yes. Because if Matts isn't going to be able to come back this season, I mean, then move, just move him to the 
to the 60 day, right? Yeah. And, and I think, I think that also proves by the, them getting uh, Montgomery and Quintana both. Yeah. I think that tells you that they don't expect Flaherty and Matt's to come back. And if they do, it's a, it's just a cherry on top. I think by showing, look, I think the Cardinals really needed to get two different pitchers. I think that's what they really, really needed to do. Get two starters. I didn't fully do you think, expect do, them to. Do, do you think we needed two lefties? Do you think it's good that no. we got two lefties? No, I don't think it's necessary. But also, do they need to draft seven lefties too? I mean, I don't know what they're what they're hung up. It was on, like fifteen. On, on <laughs> yeah, I know, but yeah. I don't know what their big deal is on lefty pitchers right now. But um, I don't know. Maybe there's some great analytics that we don't know about that. All of a sudden, these lefties are just you know killing it for everybody. I don't know. But my point to that is, you know, you just. I think by them getting those two guys, it says Mats and Flaherty, not sure that they're returning, and, and these guys are going to go into the rotation. And I think that rotation is all of a sudden a lot stronger, uh, but we will see them start pitching. Uh, but also, Quintana has like a 2-8 ERA in his career against the Brewers. So, take that. Yeah. When I saw, too, his ERA uh, would be under three this year, if not for you know a big blowout game he had against the Rockies in Colorado, which... You know, all pitchers get hit with one of those. Um, so, yeah, he's been good this year. I, I definitely think it helps the rotation. I, I don't know if I still feel great if we make it to a five-game series. Um, but, you know, with Michaelis, with Wayno, hopefully healthy the rest of the season, maybe fingers crossed to get Jack back by September 1st and he can, you know, get into a groove. I think that would be the hope with him, that he's got a full tank, some BBs, and, and doesn't have any other issues and can go out there and, and deliver you some good starts because that's going to be the X factor with this. If we get Jack back and we have, you know, you throw him in with M- Montgomery and Quintana uh, and you can move Pallante to the bullpen. I mean, that makes it, that, 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 that helps a lot of, a lot of um, that resolves a lot of problems on its own. Absolutely. I, it, it really does, but you, I don't think you can bank that. Um, no. That Flaherty is even going to come back one and two, too, that he's going to come back and be useful. Um, so, that, you know, I think that's why they made those two moves. I think they got two pitchers for that reason, because they cannot guarantee that Jack or Matt's uh, will be back and be of use. Um, so and that's that's what I got. Anything else? What else you got? I don't think so. Uh, we didn't talk much about Hayter, but I am very glad that he's out of the division. I sent you that video of Devin Williams' reaction to that. He seemed very bummed. Talk about moving a, a guy, you know, loved in the bullpen and clubhouse. And, and how much confidence do you think Devin Williams had going to the eighth, knowing that, that Hayter was coming in the ninth to back him up? I mean, I know I know Hayter had a rough couple weeks before he was traded, but, I mean, the dude owned us. I mean, right. Just owned us. Yeah, I, I, I don't – I didn't quite understand the, the moves of the Brewers, and I didn't quite understand the moves of the, of the Red Sox. Both were very strange, and you can even put the Giants in that as well. They didn't; none of them fully sold, and none of them fully bought in. They kind of just bought and sold, and it was kind of a weird movements for them. Um, look, I just think to myself, I'm happy that I'm a St. Louis Cardinals fan because the selling part just doesn't happen. And I think that's what we just got to keep on telling ourselves: it just it just doesn't happen. the 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 goal is to get better at the deadline, and maybe it's not a World Series team because, like you said, hopefully we get to a you know the five game series and we have a chance with some pitching if you bring in Soto it doesn't really matter because we still don't have the pitching and it doesn't make them much better but if, in that five game series we still have to play somebody three games first and which is going to be the Milwaukee Brewers more than likely and if 
win the division, we host three games. If we lose the division we're, and we win the wild card, we have to go on the road for three games. Yeah, that to we, me is what we have to be playing for: is to win the division, to be able to and be able to host the Brewers for three games at home. That's the difference. Yeah. And what we and what has to happen for the St. Louis Cardinals in the second half? I mean, sixty games left. You're now down two games. Brewers lost tonight. Cardinals won. You're down two games. That's not a hill, the big hill to climb. No, we were way further than that at this point last year. I think we were at least five or six back or more, right? Yeah, it was, and, and I think we're tied now with the wild card spot, but we're tied with Philly, who lost tonight as well. Yeah, but Philly has a tiebreaker over us. There is no game 163 this year anymore because of the playoff changes so they have the tiebreaker over us they, they would go in over us if um if it came down to that tiebreaker so yeah well we're right there man we've got the schedule i mean we've got I mean, we said that coming out of the break and then lose two or three to the reds but you know we've got the schedule the rest of the way uh yankees aside this weekend i'm, I'm going by the way we're sitting above big mac land it would not surprise me if an Aaron judge home run ball comes up there um i think they would be idiotic <laughs> to pitch anything worth a damn to him at all. Yeah. Why would you throw to him? If he, he has 40 – look, Paul Goldschmidt, let's – briefly. Paul Goldschmidt's been on a tear. He's now at 25 home runs. He looks MVP caliber, right? Judge has 40-something home runs already. 46. Well, like, that's crazy. Or four, 44. 40, I, I could I Whatever could it is, right? It we think that Goldschmidt is just on a tear. He's almost doubled up Paul Goldschmidt home runs. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So he, if you're he, throwing he, to him, he, that's he's your own fault. For like 68. Yeah. Yeah. If, but if you're throwing to him and giving him the opportunity, that's your own fault. And so, yeah, the the American League record is 61 home runs. He's on pace to beat Roger Maris' record of 61 home runs, which is insane, which I thought would never – I would never see that again after the steroid area. I re- really, really didn't. But we'll save that for – I don't know the next off day. Um, I don't know when – we usually do off I days, think, but I want to do – last. I think Monday. Is it Monday already? Yes, it is. Yeah, I think, I think, I think Monday is an off day. It yeah. is Monday. So we'll, we're probably planning to do Monday um, again. We usually do off days, but last night was training. We could have talked about nothing, and then no one would have cared today about what we said because we wouldn't have known any of the details. So, um, so well, let's play on Monday, and we'll get after it again, and hopefully get some more people. Thank you for the comments and the questions, and we appreciate it. But as always with Josh Brown, I'm Ryan Jenkins for That's a Winner Podcast. Thanks. From the belt. To the plate, swing and a miss, and that's the winner! That's the winner! A World Series winner for the Cardinals! Smith parks one in the right down the line!